Hey, let me bug you for just a second. Father's Day is coming up this Sunday, and Amazon Prime Day is coming up June 21st and 22nd with Amazon's best prices of the year. Whenever you shop through Amazon for Father's Day or for Amazon Prime Day or any time, please shop through our Amazon store. That's shop.bradandbrit.com. That's shop.bradandbrit.com. Doesn't change the price of anything, and it helps us out. And we thank you for helping us out. Brad and Brit, Brad and Brit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. It is the Brad and Brit cast. Glad you're with us here. We're in the uh, 1.30 Eastern Time Hour Live. And uh, later on, for you podcast freakazoids. And by the way, did you hear... Um, I know you don't know about this because I do all our negotiation. We just signed a $30 million deal oh, for this podcast. Spotify? Uh, exclusive. Exactly. And, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I I couldn't be more thrilled. We'll, we'll talk more about it later, okay? On let's, Spotify. Let's on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, looking forward to that. <laughs> I, 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 I've got the wheel of a uh, wheel of a uh, fortune here for you. You want to pick one? Let's go. Give me my topics. Uh, here you go. Trump tries to write more than 180 words. No one is interested. <laughs> uh, a conservative is a liberal who's been canceled. Oh, wow. Did I mention mansion or a big piece of wood just clunked me on the head? <laughs> Let's do a conservative is just a liberal who's been canceled. Can we can we do that? Uh, we can do that. We can do that. Uh, this is a uh, this is a story that I read in um, Reason Magazine. You familiar with uh, Reason Magazine? I am. Yeah, that's I think the, they they're libertarian or something, right? That that's that's right. That's the uh, that's the the, the libertarian uh, uh, people here, and uh, there's this guy. And apparently he's a very famous composer, lives in Nashville. His name is Daniel Elder, 34 years old. And uh, he was living in Nashville, doing a lot of work, getting a lot of gigs, writing music, famous in that world. And uh, last summer, when Black Lives Matter protests broke out across the country, they happened to have uh, broken out in Nashville. Yeah, uh, very close to where he lives. And he decided that he was very nervous about that moment and uh, said, I've, I've basically had it. I'm, I'm, I'm fed up. And he put on Facebook, or excuse me, Instagram as his final post ever. He said, I'm leaving. I'm done. He said, enjoy burning it all down. You well-intentioned blind people. I'm done. Yeah. That basically has been the end of his life. Huh. He he is the world's worst racist. He should never work again. He yeah. has no friends. Right. He does not exist. Right. And he was a he was a lefty. He was a liberal. And he's been just attacked, just destroyed, everything about him destroyed to the uh point where you know, here we are a, a year later, and I won't read the article. You can look at it if you want. It's Reason Magazine's right up there. And his final words were, now, because I was exiled, 
I started listening to voices on the right and the center, especially those classical liberals who have been exiled from the leftist movement. This strange silver lining is that it shook me out of my prejudices just a bit. Now, here's the point. Here's the point, the way I see it, okay? Um, the, the idea that there is this broad cancel culture running around trying to destroy it, I, I don't buy into it. Mm-hmm. Except when you have to buy into it because you can't pretend that it isn't true. When it's someone like this. And that's why I titled your choice, a conservative is a liberal who's been canceled. That, is, of course, is a play on the old, a conservative is a liberal who's been mugged. Right. right? And uh, I hate this story. I hate talking about it. I hate well, it because this why? is the this is the famous, you only have to be right uh, a billion times. And they could be right once, and they win. In other words, because this guy had this happen to him, it justifies saying that nobody can say anything about anyone at any time, or you're a racist, and you suck, and get out of here, and and you're a Ku Klux Klan member. Mm-hmm. So is, is that the reason that you, I mean, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to walk through this. The reason that you... Hate this is because it is. Uh, it gives you some cognitive dissonance, or or what? What, do you, what is your that you hate so much no, about this story? It it is because the kind of thing that Tucker Carlson yeah. could talk about for twenty nights in a row, and you know right. what? He'd be right. Right. That's a problem, well, Britt. Well, yeah, but I I also it's think that just because you are rebuked by one side doesn't mean you have to you know run into the waiting arms of Donald Trump. I also think there's, there's that say, point. No, he didn't say, but he's he listening to the voices on the right, and and the voices on the right are completely controlled by Donald John Trump Senior. But we're not going to pretend that that's another that's that, that, anything but that, is there? That's this that's what about, this isn't specifically about Trump. Well, it uh, sort of is. He didn't. He 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 didn't invent this. Al Franken got got run, had nothing to do with with Donald Trump. Correct. It, it had not, nothing to do with that. And then and Al Franken didn't go. I started listening to the voices on the right after that. So he's he's figured out a way to kind of. And I'm not saying that what happened to Al Franken was fair because clearly it wasn't. But he's been able to go ahead and, and advocate for the stuff that he believes in, get a platform, and do stuff like that without necessarily running to the waiting arms of these people over here. So I don't I don't know if that's necessarily the solution, but yes, it is. I mean, it is a problem. The guy said, "Hang on, what the guy said in that Instagram post, the original one, it was not racist. Yeah, it 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 just wasn't. And and if you're going to take you the liberal sphere, the woke sphere, if you're going to take somebody saying that when people burn down government buildings." And someone says that's not a good idea, and you're going to attack that person for being racist for saying that. Then, yeah, you got to jump off that train. Because mm-hmm. does anyone think? Does anyone agree that burning down government buildings is a legitimate form of protest? Right. I no nobody. George does. Floyd getting getting no. killed in Minneapolis. No. Does he, it's not. It's just not. And so this guy who lived right down the street from a lot of violence and fires in Nashville during that summer, last summer, he was concerned. He wrote that and said, you people want to fucking burn down the building? I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm done. See you. Right. And he leaves.
So it's it is a problem. Uh, it's and going it, to be it'll it'll be run down the field. And he'll be a guest there for a while and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean you've. And I guess it doesn't really matter that we've done studies that the majority of those protests last summer were not violent. I guess that doesn't matter. Facts are not important here, are they? It's it. Well, it's not. That's not a good fact. That's, that's not, not a good, good relevant fact here because that that's why Don, that's why Vladimir Putin yeah. is able to say on Wednesday afternoon, no matter what is thrown at him mm-hmm. in questioning, well, you fucking jail your your opponents. Uh, uh, seems like everybody who's opposed you ends up falling off a building and this, the, these reporters are saying this right to his face. And right. his response was, guess what? Hey, United States, you suck too. There's something called Black Lives Matter. There's something called Jan- uh, January 6th and 400 protesters were arrested. Mm-hmm. It's bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's bullshit. The United States, I, 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 I'm, I'm very secure in saying this, is still with all of its faults, a much freer open society and allowing for protest and opposition than Russia is. Well, yeah. When we have one issue, a guy like Putin picks it up and shoves it down our throats. And, you know, and and that's going to play really well in Russia. We know it's bullshit. Oh, he's also, maybe hang on, Brit. Wait, wait, one more thing on Fox news. That's what they say. He sounds like Fox News. Yeah, there, well, there there's the uh, there's the Fox and Friends this morning talking about how strong Putin was and how weak Biden was as uh, the summit was upon us before the summit actually happened, showing a lot of favorable. I guess we're still doing the narrative about the shirtless Vladimir Putin riding horses and how impressive he is and shit like that. We're still doing I, that. I don't know, but the the first picture I saw, the first still picture I saw of the two of them together. Uh, if you play the famous body language game, at least on a still shot, Biden was was killing because Biden uh, was was sitting comfortably in a chair with his legs crossed, looked like right. he knew he belonged, and Putin was leaning back, leaning back, and we know what that means when you're sure. leaning back, trying to get away. And he had his he had his legs manspreaded like he was on a New York City subway. Okay, <laughs> that's not a position of strength. Now, of course, that means absolutely nothing. It means nothing, but it's, it was just my first. Impression. Well, that that actually does go back to some some of the stuff about Donald Trump, because there was this theory, at least among the right of American exceptionalism, that we were better than everybody else. And then Donald Trump turned that on its head. And, and when they would say bad things about Putin, they go, what, you think we haven't done bad things? You think this country hasn't done bad shit? Well, there you so go. He, yeah, he lowers was, the expectations. You're you you're a million percent right, because you can follow that right along. Exactly. To, to uh, what they're saying now. Or as uh, I heard a very wise person say yesterday, can you tell the difference now between Fox News and RT, the Russian television mm-hmm. network that our friend Holland Cook works at? Because they're saying the same things yeah. about Biden. They're saying <laughs> the same things. That's that's what they were. Biden. That's what they were pushing on Fox and Friends. Their uh, their morning show about how how. <laughs> Biden was weak and Putin was. I think they called him the champ. I think somebody on that show called him the champ. Uh, the, talking about uh, Vladimir Putin. <laughs> well, so so if you kill, in other words, knock out, yeah, uh, enough of your opponents, you're like a boxing champion. Is that I, the? Yeah, I think it's it's there? Oh, d- during these these things during these meetings and stuff. He always, I mean, he the I in their mind, he always comes out looking so great, and we always end up looking so bad. I don't, I don't know. I, I guess that's what they're yeah, saying. I'll tell you what, uh, and, and 
uh, because you know we're doing this in the middle of uh, the afternoon on Wednesday, we haven't really seen what what Biden has has been saying. My impression of just uh, listening and watching, he was not very comfortable up there. I didn't see a guy well, uh, necessarily in command. In, in other words, I think the smartest thing that Biden did clearly is to not stand there with him. Yeah. Today, because uh, when he's going to play all these what about ism games, what about Black Lives Matter? What about 400 people arrested on uh, January? January 6th for protesting. Well, they weren't fucking pro. They were trying to overthrow our government. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't. A- by the way, by the way, Putin, you piece of shit. If, if uh, 5,000 people attacked the Kremlin, there would be 5,000 dead people yeah. that hour. Okay. I don't believe anybody so would be. I don't think people would be Mirandized. I don't, I don't think anyone would be Mirandized and then get due process. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but you don't want to be in the position where you are directly answering him like that standing next to him he didn't have to worry about that with trump because trump was going to agree with him trump yeah. said well yeah i believe you over my intelligence committee i believe you american intelligence lies and you tell the truth you didn't interfere in our election vlad you're my buddy well he's not going to get that from biden so no. biden i think very smartly not standing there well i know that they did they did like a lot of stuff you know, they coached Biden a lot about the optics, which, you know, he doesn't need to know that much about, but they were want to make sure they got all that done. The message obviously is very clear. You know, Biden, stop, stop with your bullshit in the Ukraine. And how about not killing gay people? Let's just do that. And that, you know, that's the message. You quit fucking with us and stop with your bullshit about the cyber stuff. Cause again, uh, Putin was blaming us for the cyber stuff saying that we're, we're the real perpetrator and he didn't do anything. I think they've got the message down. It was just a matter of the optics and all that stuff. And it looks like Biden has nailed it, except, of course, on one channel, in which case he looked like the weakest pussy in the history of America. So (laughs) that's essentially what's going to happen. But he was he was bringing up Putin was bringing up the Ashley Babbitt situation, the woman who was killed uh, as she was storming the Capitol. And gosh, speaking of the Republican Party, sounding like him, this idiot, Paul Gosar, uh, this is a, a representative from Arizona. Apparently, he's a dentist, Brad, by trade. Right. He demands the name of the Capitol officer who killed the rioter. Ashley Babbitt saying she was executed. This happened at an oversight hearing yesterday. Uh, he said that the uh, police officer was waiting in the weeds oh, for please. Ashley Babbitt and that she was executed on January the 6th. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, Britt, there's a, uh, there's a great column. Uh, and they ran it today in, in the news and record from, from Dana Milbank of the Washington Post. And he went down the lineup of the crazies. And he, he wants us all to know that uh, sadly, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who, of course, was leading the pack a few weeks ago, right. I mean, there was nobody. Cl- she is. It, it, it's like a horse race where, you know, you're, you're way out in front. And then suddenly the next thing you know, wow, there's a bunch of other horses coming up behind you. And of course, this guy, Gosar from Arizona, is, is right in there uh, with the crazy. And there's a guy from from Georgia who said it was just a, a bunch of tourists. And, you know, there's, there's about eight of them that Louis Gomer, you, you know, the. You know the names there, all right, but it's right. it's just uh, go- and, and and not only are they not only trying to minimize what happened and trying to to tell us that something complete it's gaslighting on steroids to tell us that what happened on January sixth was anything other than, other than an armed insurrection and, uh, and try to uh, violently overthrow our government, but now they also find themselves on the same page with uh, with Vladimir Putin. He's he's really worried about this Ashley Babbitt chick. Yeah, she's he, he's I'm very so concerned glad. about that situation. Right. And, and so uh, if you're going to uh, say to Putin, how come people fall out of buildings and right. they get poisoned and they yeah. get killed? 
and and if you think that there is some kind of equivalence to this this woman uh, dying on January sixth, uh, while she was part of the attack on the government of the United States, if you think there's some kind of equivalence there, some kind of uh, equal intention mm-hmm. to harm and to hurt, then you are Putin. You hate America. You are Fox News. You are right. RT. You are a propagandist. You you are buying into it, and um, you, we got to stand strong against this bullshit. You can't let it overrun you. We don't. We never have. Um, but we scratch our heads. We've been scratching them for for five years now. Under the uh, how do people believe this? And we're way past the, well, uh, the economic circumstances of the plant closing have driven people to be, yeah. no. Yeah. Uh-uh. Economic, economic anxiety. Economy. Yeah, yeah. Income inequality has forced uh, just white people who happen to hate everybody who isn't exactly like them to uh, become Republicans. So, how many, yeah. how many Ashley Babbitts does Vladimir Putin kill like a day? How many? How many? They just squashes them like cockroaches. How many? How many? How many times does that happen every single day? We had. We just. I put up a story for those of you that are listening. You couldn't see it. It was about Tucker Carlson, and Tucker Carlson is now full on uh, with a fantastic. He's he's really forwarding this, and this has been something I think that's been bubbling under for a while. But now he's going hard with it, saying that the FBI operatives organized the attack on the Capitol on January the sixth. What? 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 Brit. We joked I know. about this I know. probably January 8th that they're going to claim this was a false flag set up attack to make Trump look bad, right? It was liberals. It was that's right. We joked. We, it, it wasn't funny then, uh, but that's where this is, right? Yeah. They finally come around. They've come to that. These are the excuses that they've given since January the 6th. It wasn't violent. It was not a violent insurrection. You people are wrong. These were just tourists. Um, It was a little violent among just a few knuckleheads. It was Antifa. Antifa was the ones, they were the ones who did this. Um, They were really violent. (laughs) It was the cops. The cops were the ones that provoked the violence and made the situation so much worse. And finally, it was the FBI operatives. The FBI, that's, that's five different solutions that we've been given in Jan, since January the 6th uh, to this particular, when it's Occam's razor, when obviously these were just violent people who couldn't accept that Donald Trump had been beaten in the election and were told by Donald Trump they needed to do something. They needed to do something about this. And they were cheerleaded before, I mean, just ironically and coincidentally, right before they went in and started like breaking windows and trying to murder people. So... You, you've seen some of the, the reaction to this. You've seen that Liz Cheney was calling out Paul Gostar, saying he was acting like a complete scared pussy on January the 6th as violent people were coming into the Capitol trying to murder anybody they could get their hands on. So that that is what is stunning to me, that they brazenly put this stuff forward. And then they're supposed to be, and again, based on fair and balanced principles, you're really supposed to consider this. Now, I don't know. It could have been just violent people, or it might have been the FBI. Well, see, I, I really have to think about that. I, I, I don't think that you have that right at the end there. They don't expect you or me <laughs> or people like us to consider this. This is all about just reinforcing yeah. for the already 
predisposed yeah. to make sure that they always have enough in the cupboard to to reach for so that they don't doubt and uh, i don't think in the long run that it's going to work but uh as john kenneth galbraith said in the long run we're all dead um so it may not work in 10 years or 20 years but in 2022 it might work and since you and i are old enough to have uh, been hearing for instance that uh, right-wing talk radio cannot survive in its current form. It can't keep appealing to yeah. a a white, aging, conservative audience. It's going to die off. And you know what? It never does. The, for no. some reason, the, the, there are new recruits. It sputters or, on. It sputters on. And uh, you know, but, uh, NASCAR's had problems, right? Yeah, <laughs> they, they haven't been able to grow their audience, but, but no. uh, somehow... Somehow. All right, let's uh, tr try one of these other ones here. Uh, um, Trump tries to write more than 180 words. No one is interested. Uh, did I mention mansion or big piece of wood just clunked me on the head? Give me the uh, let's do the, the Trump 180 thing because I love to hear about him so much. Uh, well, you know, he uh, uh, says he's writing a book. He thinks he's writing a book. This is and, the greatest story. And in the class, this is just, I don't have to tell you, because you're going to know this without me even saying it. He's running around bragging that they're falling all over themselves, publishers, to publish this because he's so popular and they know it'll be uh, the greatest bestseller. And of course, that's 180 degrees from the truth. No major publisher wants to touch this guy. Nobody's interested because they'd have to hire 50,000 fact checkers. And so you'd just have a, a bunch of blank pages, right? Because Trump is going to just lie and defend himself. Well, so, so none of the big publishers are. And, and, and what doubly pisses off Trump is that Mike Pence has already gotten a book deal. That's the uh, genesis of Mark, all of this. Right. Mark Meadows, who, by the way, maybe should be in prison ahead of Trump. <laughs> but apparently Meadows has. A, a a book deal he's so he's so he's so dishonest i mean he was the lead dog in trying to convince the soon-to-be acting uh attorney general to uh get in there and and try to make sure that the election gets overturned he's that guy he was the lead dog he was the you know he was the herman goring <laughs> for for trump there but but the news came out last week that, that pence got that big book deal and immediately trump was so insanely jealous he had to start lying and putting these wacky stories out there about oh they're beating down his door i mean they're in his bedroom they're they're just storming very very similar to that that peaceful protest that happened on january the 6th what? they're just trying to, to just trying to sign him he's just trying to figure out which publisher to go with you know what uh, this reminds me more of, uh, and I think this was actually asked to him directly at a press conference a couple years ago uh, in terms of Trump being able to staff uh, a lot of the undercard positions at some yeah. of the agencies, and they mm -hmm. were staying empty. There was yeah. nobody as the undersecretary of, of boogers in the booger department, right? Right. And, and, and of course, Trump's answer to that was people are – banging down the door to work in this administration. Just they're clamoring. They want in so much. And you know that wasn't true. Nobody no. at that point 
uh, wanted to be associated with. He had trouble from day one, of course, and it just got worse throughout the years, which is why uh, by the end, I mean, look at the uh, look at the losers who were jumping in there at the very, very end to uh, supposedly think or, or think that supposedly on their resume it'll look good if you were doing something for a presidential administration and it didn't work. So he's, he's lying about this and no, and, and uh, I was was reading a piece about this. The first presidential memoir that was ever written was by James Buchanan, of course, who preceded Lincoln (laughs) and was considered the worst president ever. Wait, 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 this is, this is great. And he, he wrote it in like 1861, right after the civil war had started. And apparently it was the worst book ever written it was just full of shit but you know what it sold apparently it was a, a pretty big seller then that's a, funny a, a par- apparently in the confederate states i'm sure well um, no but they didn't they didn't have reddit back in 1861 so yeah sure yeah had to, had yeah, to read something yeah. right right or, or the uh, the heritage foundation couldn't buy a hundred thousand copies to push it up the new york times bestseller chart right? now, now for you uh, fans of 1970s television the the inside joke there was on welcome back cotter is the name of that high school buchanan high school <laughs> like the, they named it after the most pathetic president ever which I, it took me years to kind of go oh okay i get it now it's like the most underdog but, school in the history it, of the world kind of uh perfect that you have this this bookend these bookends of of terrible presidents and terrible memoirs that are about to happen. Trump and Buchanan. It's perfect. <laughs> it's really true. Buchanan it's, is on anyone's list of worst presidents ever. Oh, I I, mean, I, I got to tell you this while I'm thinking about because I'll forget about it. some guy. I don't remember his name. You know, you have idiots posted on your yeah your news feed all the time. I do too. And there's one guy I can't remember the James Van Meerten or something. Like, and yeah, he puts up a thing that says, uh, you know, you have to be a natural-born citizen to be a president. Maybe that should apply to people who vote, too. Okay? <laughs> of course. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Which would, would knock out, of course, all yeah. immigrants. Yeah. All immigrants. You know, it wouldn't be until the second generation you had to be born on United States soil. Just pulled that out of his ass, huh? Right, right. And of course, uh, uh, you know, he basically he got fortunately, at least he got garroted pretty hard Good. for that kind of logic, which you know, that sounds exactly like something you'd hear Sean Hannity say or or, or, or someone like that. And I thought, well, wait a minute. How did how did that work? Uh, what does it really say in the Constitution about mm. that? Because everybody just thinks, well, you have to be a, a natural born citizen to be president. But if you read the Constitution, it it uh, it it carves out the uh, the, the fact that, um, of course, our first seven presidents weren't natural born citizens because they were born before the right. United States was the United right. States. So, um, uh, the, like the, the first president to be uh, a natural born citizen who was president, I think, was. Number eight, Martin Van Buren, the first seven wow. were, yeah. and then I thought, well, wait a minute. So, what about what about Alexander Hamilton? Because you know he was born in the, the West Indies, or right, or 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 something like that. And it, it turns out that Hamilton could have been, could have been, uh, a president of the United States because mm. of the uh, 
the uh, the the waiver that was going on because remember all those other seven presidents they weren't born in the United States either so there's this myth I think that Hamilton was such a great but he couldn't run for president he could have he yeah he could have been, been there president, yeah which uh, uh, I was just kind of interested to learn that's our fun fact for today uh, I'm Christopher Glenn CBS News uh, big uh, piece of wood just cocked me in the head that's my next yeah. selection. You like that one? Yeah, that's what the one I want. Right. Um, the price of lumber has tanked, oh, no. turned back around, back down. See ya. All you've been hearing for the last few weeks is it's the end of the world. Inflation will eat us all up. Look at the price of lumber. You can't build a house anymore. The bubble has burst. It is down 41% from the peak a few weeks ago. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. We'll see. So, in, in and we'll be able to talk about this on the Thursday Brad and Brit cast. The most important press conference of this day is not Putin. It's not Biden. It's Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell, whatever the hell he is going to say, and uh, we'll we'll see what he says because that's what does he affect your life and my life more than what Putin says. Okay. I know that somebody uh, somebody spilled, like where we lived, somebody spilled some uh, plywood on the highway, and I thought there was going to be like a run, and people were going to try to, <laughs> to kill themselves trying to grab all that plywood, because at that point it was gold. But, uh, yeah, right. I don't so, know. So what you're saying is now if you dropped a bunch of dollar bills on the highway, no one would care. Nothing. But if you the wood falls off the truck, they're, they're going to. Hey, you drop some two-by-fours out on I-40, people will dodge, you know, vans and tractor trailers trying to grab that stuff because it's but you know like you said the price is going down though hoarders have been turned into sellers which which reminds me uh have you have you explored the nft market yet have you d decided to go ahead and hedge your bets against inflation <laughs> by by getting these non-fungible tokens <laughs> that are being sold by everyone it's the hot thing in collectibles brad i don't understand that even more than i don't really understand bitcoin which i am you got a little. Uh, I'm, I, I got a, just a, a, a little slice. Uh, I bought it a couple weeks ago. It went down about 25%. Now it's completely recovered all that. So it's back to where it was. So mm -hmm. it's, just a, it's just a curiosity. It's, I mean, I'm just assuming it'll come out better in the long run than when I go to Vegas and play blackjack. Because in Vegas, when I play blackjack and I take $200 to the table, it usually is zero by the end, and it never comes back. At least with Bitcoin, even when it goes down thirty or forty percent, there's a reasonable chance that it will, uh, uh, you know, bounce around. It'll bounce around. I think I bought it when it was at about thirty-eight thousand. It went down to about thirty thousand. It hit forty thousand. I think it's a little bit below that now. And it was at sixty thousand a couple months ago, which would be, you know, even be a nice. I don't know, but it's it's fun. It doesn't mean anything T to me. You can do this if it's money that you really don't care right. uh, about either losing a lot of, but I'm not going to lose a lot of because, you know, I, I can hold it for, for 20 years. It doesn't matter to me. It just, it just doesn't matter. So non-fungible tokens are supposedly the baseball cards and the art of today. Oh, I know what, the, I know what they are. Century. I, well, I, I know, but are. there may be, there may be some people watching or listening who, who are not familiar with this and they're not geeks like we are. It's supposedly a piece of digital art or a baseball card or something that is unique to you. You buy it. It's got a digital fingerprint that is unique to that, that little series there. 
and you supposedly cannot reproduce it without creating another barcode. And like Major League Baseball, all the major sports leagues have gone hard and heavy. There's like millions upon hundreds of millions of dollars that are being invested in this right now. But but what I don't understand, I okay, I, I still someone maybe you know this more than I do. I don't understand how. Let's say the the clip, the baseball famous clip of uh, uh, Kirk Gibson hitting that home run in the uh, yeah. the 1987 World Series. 1988 World Series. 88, right? That that would be, for instance, a very valuable piece of non fungible shit in yeah. this realm. If you could quote own that, mm-hmm. and it might be worth two million dollars, right? But there are an unlimited number of copies of that that have been made that there yeah. that are out there. It's on and YouTube. Your, oh, yeah. and your ownership of this quote original, yeah, somehow has intrinsic value. Yeah, it it, it makes no sense to me. It, yeah. it it's like. It, uh, yesterday, I was at the drugstore. I was at the drugstore, and we had a little uh, uh, back and forth to, to, to buy a drug because we didn't have the, this uh, certain card that gave us a discount. Oh, yeah, good RX and or something so, like that. Wait, so I, no, it wasn't that. It was, it, it was a specific one for a specific drug that came from a oh. drug company. Okay. It's the difference between a $300 copay and a zero copay. Kind That's of, a big kind difference. Of a big That's a it's fair a difference. difference. Anyway, so so I called home. I'm standing in the drugstore. I called my my wife. And I said, "Shit, they they don't have their car their card in the system." So she uh, had it in her phone, and she sent it to me digitally, and I used it, mm-hmm. and that was as good as the physical card or the first picture of the physical card. It was identical too. It was, in other words, there should there be a a, a non fungible token of uh, a drug card that would be worth. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's all the same. We've digitized everything for a reason. Mm-hmm. The, the The concept of originality is is absurd. I mean, the master the master audio tapes of great recordings, yeah, are worth something because Mm -hmm. even if they've been duplicated you can kind of understand everything is inferior after that original you're right nothing is ever as perfect as right but in a digital world right where things start off digitally everything is as good as so that's why i don't understand it that's why i'm not investing in it here on shark tank i'm out no, you should do. And th- th- what they tell you now is that this is, you know, the Michelangelo of the 21st century. That's how that's how Michelangelo is going to sell his painting to patrons all over the world. And you're going to have a large, I don't know, digital thing frame on your on your wall. And it'll have an you'll have an original Pakatakatongi or whatever the guy's name is, you know, and right. that'll be you'll have an original. Everybody else will have a copy. You'll have an original Pakatakatongi. But doesn't that argue against it that. uh you know the Mona Lisa. Yeah, the original painting of it is yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Everything else is secondary. And you I would have not it. pay. I will not pay any amount of money for anything but the original. And I'm too antediluvian. I'm too luddite to understand beyond that. Mm-hmm. And I'm. I know I'm wrong. And I know I don't get shit. And I know I'm stupid. 
And, well, my uh, my objection was always like, this thing seems just ripe for hacking from the Chinese or the Russians or something. Like, oh, I've created this thing that looks completely like it's a real, you know, a real Giannis Antetokounmpo, you know, free throw shot or foul shot or dunk or whatever. But it's not. But it looks exactly like it. And now I've got the, you know, I've been able to infiltrate the code and all that shit. That was but my objection. To that's it. Kind of, that's that's a that's a different problem, but it is a problem. But yeah. I don't think it's the same as this. This no. whole a million dollars for um, a, a picture of a, a of a stapler that I'm holding up right now. <laughs> million dollars. Take a screenshot of it. No, but I've got no. the only I've got the only original of LeBron dunking this basketball. This is the only one. All everything else that you have comes from this. I'm the Wait, only one that okay, can say I, I've got the got original. <laughs> one more, one more thing. Yes. Um, uh, to Joe to, Manchin uh, complain about now that we are uh, getting much closer to the end of the pandemic um, and, and things of that sort. Uh, I want to talk about Room Raider, about background of uh, people on TV and, and uh, things of that sort. I would like to know how it is possible that uh, almost a year and a half into this, 99.9% .9 of people who have appeared on TV, particularly in the world of news, have no clutter in their homes. <laughs> there is ne never, never. <laughs> the kitchen never has anything in it. Now, is every shot that's on, t is it all fake? Are yes. those all just slides? Yes. Yes. Is every one of those fake every time? Because a lot of times they're not. You know they're real. They can turn around and touch something. It's not. Yeah, but you, it doesn't look like a real person's house. Like you said, there's always like a spot on the carpet or like a dirty dish or something, and, right. and that, they don't have How that shit. How did that happen? What, I don't know. Where did that Where did that come from? You got me, Chief. That's all I want to know. You had some Joe Manchin news for us? No, I'm, I don't want to talk about Joe Manchin. You don't want to talk? I, I'd like to wring my hands a little more about him. But uh, we, you, you want the Joe? All right, the Joe. Here, here's the Joe Manchin story here. The Joe, the Joe Manchin story. Uh, it's because I read a, a, a column by Jerry Side and the in the, the Wall Street Journal. It's basically, why is Joe Manchin with Joe Manchin? Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, there's this, it's, it's a stereotype of West Virginia um, as being this uh, totally conservative. Of course, it's always been conservative. It's 97% white. They're only 3% black. So, of course, they're going to be Trump. Blah, blah, blah. And, and so, therefore, you get conservatives. And Joe Manchin is not like all the other. Let's look at the facts here. West Virginia was such a democratic stronghold forever from uh, FDR all the way through Kennedy, mm -hmm. all the way through Bill Clinton. Bill mm -hmm. Clinton won West Virginia by 16 points in 1996 against Bob Dole. All right. That's not that long ago. Right. right? And then things changed politically in West Virginia. And again, some somebody put. Right. Somebody put up a thing that said uh, West Virginia, 97 percent white, 3 percent black. Why do you think that they're so fucking Republican? You know, why do you think Joe Manchin is the way? Well, Joe Manchin isn't that way because he's a racist. I mean, Joe Manchin is that way because and I hate this. I wish he was a better person than this at this point in his life, knowing what's at stake. The entire idea of American democratic government, the whole democratic experiment that we are, that he would say, I'm 74, I'm going to do the right thing now. 
and try to make sure that uh, election laws are uniform across the country and this whole concept and i don't hear it talked about much we'll talk about it here right now for a second this is states rights southern bullshit mm-hmm. on steroids from back in the civil rights era of the 50s and 60s right. that states can just ignore what is right and what is agreed upon in this country which is free and fair elections just do what they want exactly and uh west virginia is a weird state because first of all i don't if you look it's not a southern state geographically it's way more northern than we are okay Mm -hmm. just because it's called west virginia it doesn't mean anything it's it's not really a southern state but okay well well, yeah, culturally, it has lo- way more in common with Ohio and Pennsylvania than it does, you know, North Carolina, Virginia, or anything else. Yeah, sure. Or or, or Georgia. Yeah. Or, or anything of that sort. But uh, you know, so uh, Joe Manchin has maybe the the deepest roots of any senator you can name in a state. Yeah. Because of all the jobs he's held, he was Secretary of State. Secretary of State. He knows how elections are supposed to run. He knows the truth. True. Uh, you know, he was the governor of West Virginia. And he's been mm-hmm. a senator for for ten years or so, so he knows he knows the score. And he barely won in twenty eighteen. He barely won re-election in twenty eighteen. And at age seventy four, I wish he would just say, "I'm going to do the right thing, and I'm going to vote with my party, and I'm going to retire in twenty twenty four. I don't really care. The trend is Republican." And, and, and probably he will be replaced by a Republican. Right. The, the way things are. There is no other Joe Manchin, okay? Yeah. He is the Michael Jordan, theoretically, of Democratic politics in West Virginia. He's the only guy that can win. There right. will be no one else that will come along and step into his shoes. So the Democrats trying to pile on him, the point in the uh, column is, should be looking at themselves and saying, wait, we wouldn't have to be held hostage to Joe Manchin, Democratic senator from Republican West Virginia, if North Carolina, Maine, and Iowa hadn't been flushed down the toilet last November. Mm-hmm. North Carolina, Cal Cunningham can't keep his uh, dick yeah. uh, off of his uh, phone. Yeah, uh, Joni Ernst, a pathetic piece of crap senator out in Iowa, she should bad. not have been reelected. And Susan Collins, her number was supposed to be up this time. It was. It was supposed to be up, and it wasn't. So that's the problem for the Democrats, but it enables and allows Joe Manchin to be the guy that we know right now who's just enjoying his uh, uh, moment in the spotlight, running and controlling everything. But that's pretending that he's not trying to, to be in the spotlight. Um, oh, I well, yes, yeah. yes, please don't, yeah, don't tell me about that. I don't want to hear about that. I, I, that's not, I don't there, see There's two, I mean, there was two separate issues. First of all, it was killing the filibuster and you could sort of, I mean, you could sort of, he made somewhat cogent arguments about the history and all this other horseshit, but the voting rights thing, he's never made like one cogent argument at all about why he's against that. He's not, he's not said anything at all that would make any sense at all about opposing that situation. And he's gone back and forth and see, said this, that, and the other about that. But he's never been able to say anything that really makes any sense. Uh, you know, West Virginia is a very poor state. They've always um, relied on billions upon billions, perhaps even over the years, trillions of dollars from the federal government just to subsist for projects and for jobs and for you know any number of things. 
And well, that's the key. Facts mean nothing here. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I sort of, I sort of kind of, at, at first I was a little sympathetic with Joe Manchin's little Hamlet act. But now it's kind of, uh, you know, you, you do have to pick a side at some point. I know life is yeah. life's going to be really tough for you back in, you know, Morgantown and Beck, you know, Beckley and uh, all these other places. But, you know, you got to pick a side. You got to be somebody. If they're going to hate you, they're going to hate you. But you need to at least be the guy, you know, at, the, at that point. Brad and Brit.com.